voila. ETDT episode six with TV host and food fanatic Ali Khan and wine and beverage specialist Steve Greer. And Ali's coming to you from Austin. Steve is over in Colorado and I'm over here in Los Angeles. I'm Ryan Crosby, Nomadic Beer Works. And here we are with episode six. So Ali, start it off for us. What do you have? What are you drinking, Ali? Water? You know, it's this is water. Yes, um, I, I. It was really funny. A uh, couple months ago, I was shooting something, and uh, a buddy of mine who was the producer. Is like, are you drinking out of a fire extinguisher? And I was like, no. This is the secret to, I think, actually, why I can button shirts now with the top button. <laughs> Hydration. Hydration. Lots of water. Drink a lot of water. Drink tons of water. Um, you know. I had a, I had a whole thing. I had a whole subject, but I kind of just I'm going to abandon it right now and just talk about that jar of awesome. So literally just now I scarfed down a sandwich and this is not a product plug, but this is literally this stuff is freaking awesome and you guys should buy it. And, and this is literally wow. a friend's product. Uh, this is Jardinera, Jardinera. Um, which is basically like Italian from from the garden. It's basically like you know a relish, um, a lot of vegetables, carrot, celery, onion, uh, spicy peppers. Don't, that's basically kind of like pickled in, in in an oil vinegar mixture. Um, it's basically a condiment, and it is one of the reasons why I think the Godmother is pretty special. Is it, it's one of the it, where I'm of course talking about. Uh, Famous Italian deli, Bay City Delis in Santa Monica. Um, I'm almost nine. It's been years, but nine 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 point nine percent positive you can get air on the sandwich. This stuff is just freaking awesome. Um, and you know, you can buy it. There's different labels out there. Like most things, if it sits too long or if it's not made that well, you know, the conventional wisdom says, "Well, you should just make it on your own." But that takes a little bit of work, right? Um, Jeff sells this as part of his, like, he's got the kind of like a butcher box thing and he sells his stuff. And I mean, the butcher box is cool. Um, it's great. I mean, good stuff. But this is lit like a freaking Christmas tree. Like, I have gone through all three jars. Um, this is the last of the th- uh, of the three that I got. It's spicy. It's the hot one. Um, it's freaking magical. And, and I've just been thinking about really flavor forward foods, um, striking flavors. It's the stuff I've gravitate into. Uh, recently food and wine just did an article about sambal, um, which is, uh, you know, basically like, you know, sriracha's like cooler, older brother, um, chunkier, flavorful. And then in the article, they show you all Mm -hmm. these great recipes for sambal and how individualized they are and how they pair with different things, just like salsa, just like salsa, right? Salsa is more than just something you put on chips. You know, it's, there's, different sauces for different reasons. And I just think, you know, like this is, this is what it's all about. You know, like this is what drives flavor for me. You know, like I need something like this, this, and when I have this, like, you know, the Chicago way, it's a big thing in Chicago. Yes. You have it on an Italian beef sandwich. It's mm. amazing on subs. Cheese steaks, mm. which are frankly hot talk. I love a cheesesteak, but it's, it, it, it's like a sandwich for a child. Right. You know what I mean? Right. All of this is like, super gooey melty cheese processed cheese which is I'm not against that 
but it's like a bit sophomore. You know right. what I mean? Like it's, and, and, and I think it's more done poorly or done by chain so that when you're in Philly, which I go to all the time because that's where my wife's from, it's just when you go there, what they don't do is they don't fuck it up. And they're huge right. because they don't play. Because if you come at them with like a measly one, they'll be like, you're done. Get out of town, you know? But I think it could be a little bit better. It sounds controversial. Put this stuff on there. So that that's where I'm at, man. I um you know when people are like food, we talk about fancy food, we were talking about fancy food earlier and all the multi course menus and all this stuff and un- we've even talked about this earlier, like subtle foods subtle foods and things like that. Give me a jar of this, man. Give me a meal driven by something that's just so powerful and strong and obvious. I am it's a, not a I'm food. a complete condiment junkie. So I always have, you know, four or five different types of mustard. Um, eat, I'll make mustard. my own mayonnaise, but also have other mayonnaise around. Hot sauce. We're getting into that because that's a game changer. But keep yeah. going. Hot sauces are really great. Uh, and a, a range. You have to have your Tabasco and Sriracha and, you know, all the other hot sauces you could possibly. I, I'm mm-hmm. not a tough guy, so I don't really go for the hot. I don't go for the ghost pepper hot sauces. <laughs> I don't go for trying to punish myself to see if I can handle it. I want flavor plus heat. But I have a fun story about the idea of, you know, that's a classic Italian sub is with uh, a pepper relish. But growing up, my close friend was Korean. He was born in the United States, but his parents were from Korea. Um, They had a Korean restaurant for a while. we always ate really well at their house. They always had something on the stove. Uh, their grandmother, Hominy, would always be cooking too. But they decided to open up a sub shop by the University of Cincinnati called the Sub Galley. <clears throat> I don't know if they bought an existing shop and then just kept making subs. But the way they yeah, made yeah. their subs is they didn't put Italian pepper relish on it. They put Korean red chili paste and that Korean. That is amazing sound. It was unbelievable. And now I can't eat, and I love Italian subs. The more fatty, rich meats and cheeses on a sub, the better. But I have to have something hot because that changed the way I ate big subs. Was and I always keep uh Yang, I think is what it's called. I know I just, yeah. I just butchered that pronunciation. But uh, I always have a jar of that. Um, mm-hmm. Usually I'll have kimchi somewhere in the house too because you can add kimchi uh. to any sort of vegetables, you know, roasted vegetable dish. Which is also pickled, right? That's yes, pickled. also mm-hmm. pickled. Which is the same um, as what, Khan, uh, what Ali had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's uh, mm-hmm. what was the um, was it Baru was the name of the restaurant and all he served. Uh, it was in East Hollywood on your way to Los Feliz, maybe on uh, Melrose. No, Santa Monica. It was a pain in the butt to get there because Santa Monica from the 101 to Los Feliz could be the worst street in L.A. There's no parking. It's traffic is terrible. Um, yeah. But he only did yeah. fermented and pickled dishes. And it was insanely good. Tons of flavor. Well, I think we've discussed on the episode, an episode before, the level of umami 
that is expected in a lot of dishes from other countries right. just doesn't compare. You know, our umami here is brisket mm. and steaks. Ketchup. That's our umami. Yeah. Um, Worcestershire. Yeah. Barbecue, barbecue sauce. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. you make mac and cheese and the umami flavor there is you throw in uh, some Worcestershire uh, when you're making the uh, bechamel. But there's mm. an expectation of umami in other countries in almost all the dishes. Uh, we don't have right. that here. But you can elevate that in the way you cook. Adding mustard yeah. to almost, I mean, everything. You know, cover uh, a nice pork chop in mustard Seeds or mustard itself before you uh, grill it. Right. Um, steak with mustard is really good. Funny, you just showed us that pickled mustard seed uh, porterhouse on the Instagram. Yeah. I've never yeah. used pickled mustard seeds before, but I know these aren't umami flavors, you know, mustards. And D uh, doesn't the in and out do the mustard thing? There, though. What's that? I was What's say, that doesn't In-N-Out do the mustard thing? If you get the animal style, they cook yes. the mustard on the flat top for a second, yes. right? Yeah. Yep. 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 They smear the mustard on there. One of the um, really well-known uh, barbecue places here in Austin, La Barbecue, their method is to smear mustard. And I'm talking like hot dog mustard, yellow, yellow. mustard, all over this <laughs> grass-fed brisket. <laughs> And then you know that, and then I think they use that mustard is is how the uh, rub adheres to it even more mm -hmm. so. But that mustard's a big deal. I've definitely uh, heard that in, in, in pork shoulder cooking. You know, it, it's really interesting. You have nailed something that is kind of hilarious because in the food world, you know, we really kind of think, you know there was, and I think maybe this was because of. Um, this being tied to umami burger coming out and being like, oh, Hey, we're umami sure. burger. We, we, we do our burgers started 10 bucks. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and they, they, and the timing of it was when people were like, sweet, yeah, I want a burger. It helped that like, word become right. like a household word in America. Totally. And what's funny is people go umami and you know, some people are going to be like, Oh, what's that? What does that mean? Or they're kind of skeptical or whatever. And Greer, you just hit it. Man, people eat bland. Like, you know, yes. where is like the fact that I'm like, hey, have you ever had this stuff? Like this. I mean, I'm not saying everything has to be this way, and it's not that every flavor goes. But my God, like when you have Korean food, yeah, it is gochi. It's insane. I mean, it makes Chinese dishes, Szechuan, yeah. seem more right just because they're bringing in like, like copious amounts of fermented fish yeah you know and the garlic and the heat um throw fish, and oil. I mean, fish oil on everything when you're cooking oh yeah shrimp paste yeah. oh my god you know growing yeah. up the way that we speaking of bland i mean my mother had her dishes but it wasn't like she was a great cook she had two kids she's working her husband's working the way you elevated flavor growing up was just add more salt. You had oh, salt right. on the table that you added a ton of salt while you were cooking. That was the elevation of flavor. You didn't add in other ingredients. You just threw more mm -hmm. freaking salt on top of it. Um, well, to be fair, MSG is critical to cooking 
uh, certainly in Asia. And, you know, I think we've said this before, but MSG really gets an unfair rap because sodium is sodium. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, you know, whether you use it in salt or MSG, one's not necessarily worse than the other versus if you yourself are like, oh, I need to reduce my sodium intake. Well, that's a whole thing. You know what I mean? Maybe you shouldn't be at McDonald's either. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's funny. I uh, use a lot of uh, Asian style marinades and I've stolen one part of, uh, you adding lime to soy sauce and all that, but I'll use, you know, some sort of fish oil, um, uh, rice wine vinegar, the, um, oh God, I'm losing it. Those right are two seat like fish oils, a killer though, just like yeah. in small. Amount. Um, and then sesame, sesame oil almost yeah. in place of uh, mm. olive yeah. oil. And then yeah. hot pepper flakes. I use that Ooh. stuff for roasted vegetables. Almost always get yeah. roasted pepper flakes. You don't have to use mm. an entire handful of them. You can just lightly sprinkle. Um, yeah. And then sriracha or some sort of hot sauce. Uh, there's easy ways to elevate flavor into your Tuesday night cooking that I don't think people really talk about. You know, it's it's funny. I think too, like um, you know, there's a even even as we kind of like talk about like in the food media world, certainly in TV world, we'll be like, oh, he's a chef. Well, what kind of chef is he? And it's like, oh, okay. Well, the modern fine dining chef is going to have soy sauce in their pantry, right? Um, and what's I think really interesting is in this world we're in, twenty twenty one. What is in the American pantry? Like, would be fascinating to me. And as I look at this going, man, this stuff is awesome. Is like, what, how has the pantry, the American pantry evolved? What are now staples? Certainly sriracha is like considered yeah, a staple. Now you have these, 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 these combo sauces, right? Like sriracha ketchup and that whole yeah. thing or whatever. Um, and it, it, it's funny, it, it, it has changed, but it, it, it's interesting how there's still like, um, you know, like there's still foods out there that are still like, frankly, quite restrained, you know, because they have to be traditional. Yeah, that right Ooh, there. This is my stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the stuff. I just keep it. Just a spoon yeah. of it. I don't even know what the name of it is. Uh, honestly, that's my my own ignorance. I don't know what it's called. I just say like sriracha, but in a uh, in a jar. But uh, it's like chunky sriracha. Yeah. You know, it's not a puree. Right. right? There's a jellyish uh, component to it or something uh, going on. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's so good. So there's one so called sambal olek. And I thought it was usually it's next to that one. What's funny is there's that one. There's and they're all they're all made by that guy in uh oh, things like somewhere in I, LA. I found you know? it. I found it. I found the sambal. Yeah, you're right. That is different. I didn't notice the other one has garlic in it, and this one doesn't have garlic. Let me see. Uh, oh, let me man, share it here. Wow. That's, I I um. And it's darker. Let's see. There we go. There he is. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, I mean, I, I dump dumplings in that oh, stuff. So good. You know? So good. It's so good. Oh, yeah. yeah it's yeah, yeah. so good. So well, here is the uh, – so funny that you mentioned pantry because I, I'm a big list guy. I like to track almost everything just so it keeps my head in order. This 
is a one sheet pantry list that I like to make sure I try to keep in my pantry. Oh my God. You're a serial killer. This, that is insane. <laughs> that is insane. I, did you see that? Yeah. Did you literally just like see things? So, it looks like a menu. I'm going to say this is at least, well, it's four columns of at least 30 items. You know, it ranges everything from your flowers, your vinegars and oils, um, Chinese black vinegar I love using. I've oh, now you're talking. There is a, I still haven't found this, but I had it one time, red sake lees vinegar. So it's the dead yeast from making sake. Here we go. From- <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Now we're, you know, it's been a few episodes before we've gone into the, the weird world of yeah. Steve's booze. And we're back. Where did you get that um, piece of paper from? Is that like, is that, did Julia Child give that to no, you? No, no, I made this. Okay. I, I typed I, this up. This is a file <laughs> that I keep. Um, it looks you know, like- look at the age on that paper too. It's like from the people that wrote the Magna Carta. You know, and honestly, I can't keep all this stuff in a pantry. I'm uh, there's no way. But and the hiddens, I'll be honest. You, you had me at. I was. I kind of was like started with like, oh, here's this stuff. This dude's got Chinese black men. <laughs> like when you go to the dumpling joint, right? When you go to the dim sum place, that 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 stuff. You because I remember I'm like, oh, it's soy sauce, and then you're like, no, it's not. Yeah. And it's a, and like it's so good, and I've never just been smart enough to go, oh, I should bring this home. So you yeah. got. What else is on that list? Oyster sauce is another one I love having around the house. Hoisin is a staple, but my Hoisin. favorite, so condiment section. You know, it's flowers, rices, baking, frozen uh, spices, bottled goods, condiments. And the first line, and there's there's about 40 condiments here. Um, mustard, all kinds. All That's kinds. all it says. Nice. Every kind of mustard that you see at the store, <laughs> I want in my house. You want it. So, wait, wait, hang on. I, I, I'll throw it out there. I'm going to be the guy. Look, you got yellow, yeah. French's mustard. You've got Dijon. You've got the coarse, coarse country. You've you got um, yeah. the different mustards from different regions inside uh, France. Um, you have the British mustards. You have the horseradish mustards. You British mustard? You have the brown. Like you got brown mustards. Brown. You got um, then the hard mustards. I mean... If you go to, now, now you're talking chicken tenders of the night. No, no, but go no, on. But like a real, um, if you go a real to a, I hate the term gourmet grocer because almost every grocery store has finer goods there. And you mm-hmm. look in the mustard yeah. section at say, uh, I don't even know uh, what store, but Dean and DeLuca, there's going to be more than four mustards. There's going to be a yes. lot of mustards. No, no, Baron. I just, you know, and you're right. Chinese mustard, yes. brown mustard, yes. for sure. I love Chinese mustard. Um, that is some potent. Yeah. I mean, it clears it's out your whole so head. Yeah, it's a totally. Um, let's different. see what else is on here. Um, you don't, you know, you don't often hear people say, "Yeah, I, I, um, you know, I have about five or six mustards in the fridge." It's usually just yellow and maybe brown, or you know, it's just maybe two. Or yeah, one. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a Dijon guy. Like, like I would rather have. If I had to keep a mustard, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there's definitely something. To be, look, I mean, I'll even say this. Okay, so for me, first, like you know, it, it's uh, 
it's like a it's a disaster movie, you know, like the people who make Independence right. Day. And we can only fit so many things on the escape <laughs> right. ship. The first mustard is going to be Dijon. Dijon. Then the, the, the coarse ground Dijon. And then after that, brown mustard, I guess. Then yellow mustard, then Chinese. But honestly, I might just walk out of there with two kinds of Dijon and call it an <laughs> I even like Dijon, the smooth Dijon on a hot dog. And I know everyone's going to be like, what? No, you got to have yellow mustard. I, I like Dijon. I like it. I like Dijon. I can't Especially remember the producer, but there's there's a specific producer of a Dijon that I I just have it. I can't can't remember what it's called. I didn't even know. Oh, I mean, there's just two other sauces. Okay, there's two good. other sauces okay. that I've discovered. Amba, which is a pickled mango sauce from um, either Lebanon India. or Israel. And then Italian fish sauce. I think it's called... I'll have to look you know at the pronunciation of this. I just heard about that. I just heard about man. This guy's insane. He's been keeping this whole thing more like. Can we add condiment expert to his intro? <laughs> I just heard about Italian fish. I just heard about that. What? Yeah, um, it's crazy. Uh, it's really good. I mean, obviously, fish sauce. Any fish sauce is very good, but I don't know how the Italians make this specific fish sauce, but it's really good. How's it different from the? I'm assuming the Thai version. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I just know, oh my God, I read about the Italian fish sauce, so I went and bought it, and now I keep it. So, um, Ali, that jar that you produced of uh, Mauro's uh, Gardenier, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, and you, we brought up an interesting point, really, that sort of American culture uh, hasn't really grasped uh, umami until recently, or that concept maybe just wasn't mm -hmm. talked about, or... I don't know. American cooking is like this whole weird thing, right? Because the, the only identity of it is kind of hamburgers and, you know, on some level. But anyways, with that being mm -hmm. said, um, it almost seems like a, a, like a family should have like a jar of this stuff, like the, a, a flavorful and almost I, I feel like they're remove the pickled element. What if there was like a almost like a meal prep, like where you just, you make on Sunday, you have this side that goes with your dishes over the week. That's like the umami of your culture. You know, I just feel, I, I wonder if there's a, a precedent for that, if that is a thing, you know, like it's almost like homemade salsa, let's say, like just homemade salsa. Yeah. You know, what's weird is like, think about it from, you know, you, you, it's so funny. It's like, you sit there and say like, you know, what is American food? And I think like, you know, and you bring up hamburgers, but, you know, obviously there's, there's all kinds of origin stories, sure. right? But, you know, when you brought up hamburger, what you were saying was something that is just – you removed any opportunity for, like, any kind of interesting, strong, dynamic flavor. Very simple, right? right? It's like – it's like, in some ways, there is an identity to American cuisine that's like the absence of extreme. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, and you have to add stuff on, it's like, you know, it's like, like it's coming out of a tube almost. It's like a processed piece of cheese and then yeah. a perfectly yellow yeah. stripe of mustard, a perfectly red stripe of tomato ketchup. You know, it's just like, right. 
you know, there's no, um, yeah. there's no um, texture. There's no, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like this perfectly yeah. processed. The bread is just like white and there's no grains in it. And it's like, it's so you're right. There's uniformity. There's, uniform, yeah. there's ease. Uh, there's, you know, yeah, there, there's uniformity. It's ease. It, it's, it, it feels very kind of essentially like manufactured. Like what's amazing about something like this is it's cool because I don't have to make it, but it tastes like I made it. You know what I mean? Like and it's it's it, it's I mean I don't want to call it it's 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 not processed. Right. You know, this looks like it's not refined. Right. Mm-hmm. This is refined. Thing, this is this is the forced. only thing American looking about it is like it might look like it would be in New Orleans or something, and that's not really American cuisine down there. That's French inspired and and and. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, you, the ultimate city for for food identities, I think, in America is is New Orleans. And you're right; this looks like the pepper spread, right? right? Yeah. Which is very much that mufolata mufolata spread, which is essentially an Italian uh, American sandwich. But you're right; I mean, the French, the Spanish, all that stuff have a hand in, in Creole cuisine. Well, which yeah. how how we haven't even mentioned harissa harissa became like the in condiment hot sauce for every restaurant in america for like five right. years um i don't know who yeah. started the trend all of a sudden harissa was everywhere oh, okay this is, a, on, this is a moroccan yeah 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 and it's yeah. very good it's, okay. yeah it's a great marinade too on land but what's interesting is that trend that's you're talking about fine dine yeah and and basically you know what's so fascinating is like really to get away from like western european values you know what i mean into these other again like dynamic extremes you know um like harissa's lit you know and i I think really good people are just Wanting something that's like, ooh, this actually has flavor and impact. Okay, so I found some of the mustards. I'm just going to, I'm not going to share my screen, but I am going to uh, just kind of read them aloud. I forgot about wasabi mustard. These are, so, Mm. yes, there might only be four bases, you know, like a base mustard, but champagne mustard from Roms. Um, The tarragon Dijon mustard. I had in my. I remember getting that at the fancy, uh, at the fancy grocery. Oh yeah, this is all. Totally. You know, you might not see this at your regular grocery store. Wasabi mustard yeah. was a revelation. That is some spicy mustard. Of course, truffle mustards. Um, <laughs> Did he just say that? He just <laughs> of said course. that. He just of said that. Of mustards. course. If you can see that on a license plate, I would just die. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you can have a, there's, mustard can be a, um, it's just like hot sauce. Maybe not to the level of the number all right, all right. of bottles. Lay this out for me. Yeah. I, I, now, this whole thing is now just, this whole episode is now about mustard, <laughs> Greer and mustard. <laughs> so will you just you indulge me? Because, uh, you know, obviously you, you enjoy these things. Like, I mean, Brunello is one thing, some crazy expensive Italian red wine. But now indulge me. Tell me about the ultimate, like, mustard-driven experience <laughs> in, in, in a dish, uh, a sandwich, ideally, I think, because, I don't know, I just think about mustard. When mustard's on a sandwich and, it, and it's there and it's, like, meant to be there, kind of a cornerstone flavor, it's a very interesting, unique sandwich. So I'd love to know about that and then what you would pair with it. 
I got to know this. So what, what was the question about what kind of mustard on a give sandwich? Me, give, me, give me one of those. And don't, I mean, if you want to use French, <laughs> it's fine. But I want to hear, I, you obviously have a thing for mustard. I want to hear about a mustard-driven meal and what you would pair with it. Let's, I mean, this is eat this, drink that. So what are we eating? We're eating Steve Greer's Insane Mustard-Driven yes. Meal. Like, you're going to a dinner, and it's like, our theme of our dinner is is this mustard <laughs> I mean, you're i'm just going with what you're giving me here come on i mean we got to hear this so, and i want to i like okay. uh you know bone-in pork um covered in i used that tarragon mustard a lot for a while i went through a whole phase where i just anything i was marinating uh and cooking was coated in that tarragon mustard um so a nice pork loin, bone-in pork chops, or um, a nice pork cut. I like pork chops, so I'm, I'm not going to feel bad about liking pork chops. Um, but bone-in pork chops, okay. and just covered in the uh, tarragon mustard. Never. Just leave it okay. marinating all day, and then roast that. But when you're roasting the vegetables, olive oil, tarragon mustard, maybe some you know hot pepper flakes or something. Uh-huh. And I will leave the... I had to switch how I roast vegetables moving to Colorado. They don't have gas stove, or I don't have a gas stove in my uh, house. Ooh. I have one of those glass top things mm-hmm. with just like a regular mm-hmm. electric stove. I could not mm-hmm. figure out hard to how to do any cooking yeah. for a while. So I used to leave roasted vegetables in the oven for at like 450 degrees for 45 minutes. So everything would caramelize. And now mm-hmm. I put everything in. 500 degrees in Colorado, and I leave it in there for like 30 minutes, and they are really good. Nice. Okay. And then, so two ideas on the idea of pairing wines with mustard-driven dishes. So any sort of salads, sandwiches, obviously rosé will be great. A Provence rosé will go with almost anything. Wow, that sounds radical, actually. I have to admit I think Alsatian oh. wine, Pinot Gris, a nice Riesling. Um, Gewurztraminer's a little much for some people, but if you get a really elegant Gewurztraminer, but a nice mm-hmm. Alsatian white, they're they're richer because of the growing environment. Um, they stand up to heartier dishes. They'll stand up to a mustard covered pork chop. Um, and they'll go with all those sandwiches and salads that you were kind of alluding to. But let's talk about Brunello going with pork. But instead of Brunello, let's go to its baby wine, you know, its baby brother, which is Rosso de Montalcino. So instead, of, brother on the instead yeah. of spending $50, $60 on the Brunello, and honestly, Brunello needs a little bit of time in the bottle too, a little bottle mm-hmm. age. But a nice Rosso de Montalcino, which is from the younger vines, same grape, Sangiovese Grosso. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little less time in barrel, or uh, some of them don't even use barrel. It's just a nice, beautiful Sangiovese. It's easy to drink, and it goes really well with pork. And you don't have to spend that much. You could spend 20. Um, Canalicchia de Sopra, uh, Rosso de Montalcino is a little more, but oh my God, it's worth it. It's stunning. You know, it's I think it's 30. 
I don't know why. Maybe this is an experience thing. And Ryan, you might be able to chime in. There are certain words with wine. I'm going to go out on a limb and say grape. When I hear San Giovese, he goes, oh, it's really, it just, it just, God, it sounds, I mean, everything you would just described about this meal, the caramelized vegetables, you know, the green mustard that's like covered this pork chop. And then like that red wine that would just, you know, say it just, damn, that sounds good. All right. I'm, I, you know, I like this game. I like this game. We take a food and we kind of come up with this dream thing. So I'm going to go, I mean. That I mean, that all sounds that all sounds right. I mean, when you say tarragon and rosé, like yeah, you know, like this luxurious lift of an herb and you know a nice French white uh, French white, mm. yeah, right. You know, the, the fat of the chop. But I, I'm gonna throw this out there. When I think mustard, the first thing I'm thinking about is when I went to Langer's Delicatessen and oh. I figured it all out. Yes. And we just got, instead of like just doing the classic, the number 19 with the Thousand Island and the Swiss and the slaw, we just got pastrami on rye and brown mustard. Yes. And ate that. And it was like everything you really needed. It was like going to sushi and going, I don't want the rolls. Right. Right. Give me the nigiri. You know? I'm going to Langer's Deli's menu right now while you're talking because I'm going to find that. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So what would you drink with that? Oh. A pastrami, Langer's pastrami, which is frankly, I mean, world, the world, world, this gold standard of pastrami on their incredible rye bread. Better rye bread than cats, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, and, and brown mustard. Whatever. Is it Gildern's? Is that the name of the brand? I think that's who they are. Yeah, but, but, but you know, pastrami, rye brown bread, mustard. brown mustard. What am I drinking with that? So that's tough. I would go straight to beer. I would. That's when you can get Sounds one like of beer. those richer, bigger double IPAs that have a lot of hops. And all that malt and hot flavor mm -hmm. is going to stand up to everything that's in that dish. Because normally, mm -hmm. they have sauerkraut on those dishes, too. Sauerkraut can be very difficult to pair with. But beer and sauerkraut go really well together. Mm -hmm. And if you get a, mm -hmm. an amped up style beer, you know, so more malt, more hops, it's going to go really well. Wow. Even a darker beer, you don't have to do a, you know, straight stout, but... Uh, uh, let's think. A Marzen. Um, I, I'm a little brain dead on some of the other beers. The first thing I thought it's of probably though, behind you. You just reach your arm <laughs> behind you. It's probably, probably out. you know pull out like a, a, a beer quiver. You just saw what his pantry was. <laughs> oh my god! I don't think. You always have the power. I mean, Ryan, you've had Langers, right? Yeah, it's delicious. I mean, it's it's insane. I, I I had a little you know phase where you try and try out all the ones in the city, and uh, and it's good. Yeah. What was your favorite? <clears throat> um, that one was really good, and I loved the one at Oinkster. Um, Oinkster had really good. Mm. And yeah, it was you know, it was a different style. I mean, the Langers is the, there is are the classic, and. Um, and you know, it yeah, started a lot started. of debates with, with that include mustard, which is kind of this New York sensibility of the um, of the pastrami sandwich and also the hot dog, right? Where 
you have it yeah. with mustard and it's like how dare you put yes. ketchup on that like no no ketchup on a hot dog mustard only yeah. maybe onions yeah. maybe something pickled but like maybe relish but right like, brown yeah. mustard is the only acceptable thing on a hot dog that argument you know I, yes i'm really team angry. i'm team mustard on a hot dog but you know, well, you know, I'm, you know, like we make hot dogs at my house because my kid will eat it, right? And there are times where I'm just kind of like, sure, you don't want mustard on that? And he's like, like I'm even trying to, and look, I'm not, I'm not. Oh, you're Chicago, saying like his so palate, his, his palate is not into mustard yet? No, well, I mean, I think what, what you know, it's even worse. He's had the mustard, and now he's just into team ketchup. It's I like see. it's like he's basically essentially like I went down that road, and I <laughs> and I'm done. And then you know you can't force anything, you can't force it all. So, but but it's just so funny because I just I just 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 for for status yeah. sake, yeah. you know what I mean? This is like for this is like food snobbery. Right. If you because kind of what you're talking about, right? He goes, oh, yeah. you know, I don't step on anyone's toes. <laughs> Oh, I put ketchup on my hot dog and every the whole town freaks out. Right. You know what I mean? Your kid's putting um, like a even jelly then, on his hot dog or something and you just Yeah. Yeah, well that's you know what? I, I guarantee you a Chicagoan <laughs> would be like, you might as well put grape jelly on it. You might as well. So, <laughs> I uh I was a little sidetracked because I was trying to look up Langer's Deli and the numbers because I was curious. Yeah. Which sandwich? I thought they put Russian dressing on every single sandwich. But oh, no. I did yeah. remember. So a German Dunkel beer, so a lager, dark lager, and then Schwartz beers, black lagers, would be yeah. amazing with those sandwiches. Yeah. Um, and I like, I like Dunkels. That was the word I was trying to spit out. But I'm on their list. Obviously, the number 19 is what everybody gets. Langer's is my favorite of all the delis in LA. I love yeah. I love going to MacArthur Park. It's just a vibrant yeah, part, a of town. part of town. It's an amazing part of town. Then this deli itself just I <laughs> it's my favorite. So what sandwich are you talking about that you got that had I mean I honestly I think I just was like, can I have a pastrami on rye? And oh, then the mustard okay. was just there. Yeah. Okay. Now I mean it was a revelation. We did uh we each got when I went and had this moment. Did, Con, did remember, you, was were you doing this like right before you moved or something? Was it like I I feel like I remember you writing about it on social media ten years ago or something, or like I did. I mean, I guess. Uh, what did I do? I, um, I felt like you were like I had I, I, to order the sandwich know, before I moved or something. Well, I I had a thing actually in 2015 before I left LA. I went to some places. Now it was a little limited because I couldn't just go all right. over. You know, I had some stuff, but like Zanku chicken, yeah. Langers, and and just like kind of like the. The inevitability of the right. moment of being like, it's not going to be yeah, there anymore, yeah, yeah. you know. Right. Now, of course, it's like, I'll get to L.A. I should be able to get to L.A. I should be getting to L.A. every couple months. So whatever. It's a three-hour yeah. flight. It's not impossible. I've got a zillion couches to crash. I can go get a Langer's. It's not impossible. But um, no, it was very much like, oh, I need to try all this stuff. But before I had gotten to that point, I went in 09, a buddy of mine from Cleveland, no stranger to – the art of the pastrami, right? 
but but it's different there. They do it's thinner. Yeah. Um, yes. It's uh, I, I I dare I say kind of quote not that qual same. I feel like quality level, you know, like it, it, the, the, the pastrami langers just feels like, feels like bone in ribeye steak level, yeah. not anything close to a deli meat. That being said, Cleveland's very good. It's just, you know, it's almost, you know, when you go to Oyster, you go to like those kind of like East LA kind of like part Mexican, part burger joint and they have yeah. pastrami, like it's thing. And like, is it cheaper? Sure. But like, is it like messy and good? Yeah. yeah. It's like the hat, you know, and you get those little cascabel peppers on well, there. Apparently, I mean, the whole thing Heights is like, you know, one of the homes of modern pastrami, I heard. <laughs> and there's a huge yeah. Mexican, Jewish sort of crossover with that community, right? Because they were trying to model Boyle Heights after Brooklyn. One of the streets and mm-hmm. one of the sections of it, every store is called Brooklyn something, Brooklyn Hardware, Brooklyn. So they were trying yeah. to do that. And so I know a lot of these. Um, hybrids, right? Where they have the pastrami burgers or you have the tacos. You can yeah. get a taco and a burger and pastrami all at one place. It's very, very right. Los Angeles. There's- it is. It's, it's a wonder. And what's so funny too is, um, you know, it, it's a wonderful like thing to appreciate because, you know, in some ways like Langer's is like, uh, is, 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 is craftsman food making you know what i mean like there's a way you do it and there's certain levels and stuff like that and then um you know when you have like these anonymous you know charbroiled burger you know what i mean just maybe on there a little too long i mean you know one could argue you know if you have this many things on the menu are you are they all awesome but then somehow they are you know what i mean like you know it's like if you do Add like a flavor of like Mexican sensibility to Jewish food. Cascabel peppers are not part of like Eastern <laughs> European Ashkenazi Jewish cooking. But then sometimes things just work because they worked and they, and they happen because they happen. And then that just allows it to work. And I certainly, you know, like I, I remember like when we were in school, like I, my head would break when I would go and find these places. And so you have that mm-hmm. version and then you have a place like Dino's and I know we're getting like just into the LA part, but you, you'll find this on the East coast as well. You'll find these restaurants that are like a diner breakfast. And then you're like feta omelet. Right. Right. There's a year on the menu. Cause the folks who started these businesses got into them were Greeks yeah. Yeah. and they bring in their stuff. And like, are their euros awesome? No. But they're on, they're kind of good, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's it just kind of like is what it is, and I, I, there is something to be said about the quote inferior pastrami. And I remember like this yes. place in Western, like Johnny's, and uh, my wife, she would tell me she used to go. Uh, her ex boyfriend would love Johnny's. You know, he was a West LA guy, and like would go there and stuff. And he goes, yeah, I mean, she goes, it's like greasy and gross, but you have it with beer, and it's awesome. It's you know what I mean? And it's just. It's it's like imperfect, and that's why it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I know we're probably um, close to wrapping up, so I'm just gonna make I'm just gonna make my two last okay. points. I mean, I'm not right. saying we're wrapping up. We can't forget Wexler's Deli inside the Grand Central Market downtown, yeah. um, and they use their pastrami on bagel sandwiches that are just grease filled, lush amazing breakfast 
You, you don't need but to eat. But their pastrami is that craft pastrami. Yes. Like, like and it's really like. thick and it's, you know, I still prefer Langer's overall. I think the quality is just on point. But mm -hmm. Wexler's is a different style and it's it's thicker. Oh, really? It's a little greasier. Um, oh, really? it's really good oh, yeah. on bagel sandwiches. Wow. Breakfast bagel pastrami sandwiches are amazing. Right, so and then my last point before, you know, anything happens, I'm not a chef, so I'm not a trained chef. I was close yeah. to going to chef school. Um, I made the decision to go sell wine instead. And that was from chef friends of mine said, don't right. be a chef, miserable life. But I don't have any rules to follow. No. So I have my fun little condiment list and all the condiments that I keep in my uh, pantry and my refrigerator. I use whatever I want when right. I'm cooking. So I don't have any rules that say, you shouldn't be using fish sauce in this marinade. Yes, I should. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm just playing yeah. around and experimenting. And um, that's a way to elevate flavor without just adding more salt to everything is just do whatever right. you want. Have a bunch of, you know, artist palette, you know, colors all over mm -hmm. the place and just start chucking it in there, Good playing advice. around. Right, right, right. 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 Or get the yeah. Morrow Garnier. No. <laughs> I was going to say, you know what happens with this stuff? This is this is the after. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because this, see, the, the, what's cool about this is like, this is just like, I oh, just add this. It'll solve all your problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, too. Like, this stuff's in oil as well. Yeah. So, like, as much as, I mean, it's, it's, it's delicious, but I also know, too, this is that some some cows. I had, it's got the sport. This stuff is I, I had done something similar to that recently. We we brought this up a couple of weeks ago, but I was saying that I had made some like pineapple salsa out of out of default yeah. of not being able to find it in the store. And so, you know, I just chopped up some pineapples, onions, um, cilantro, part, you know, etc. Just made like a quick little thing mm -hmm. and was sort of chipping away mm -hmm. at it all week. And that sort of was, and then you pull out this jar and I was like, God, why is that not like a staple of American cuisine to sort of have some right. zesty, flavorful thing that you could just put on your. <laughs> just oh, have shit. this. Oh, God. <laughs> and everybody's, you know, pantry list should have that piece of paper and just. Yeah, all of it. But I'm thinking of like a wet, in your pantry, you know, like a wetter, a wetter component, like what Ali showed. You know, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what it is? It's 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 literally like just uh, it's, it's it's this thing is almost like a dish. I mean, you know, it's it's a true like it's not something. Um, it's not a seasoning. It's a condiment. It's something you simply add after the fact. And you know what? I'll, I'll go back. Like go back in the day. Like my mom would have like a pickled mango. You know, yeah. the chutney. Yes. And that would just be on the table to add. And it was, I mean, it's so funny. It was it was so over the top. And so, like, it almost, like, it was disarming. It, I mean, I mean, only, only in curry could you have something that's like, okay, this works together because this one is just beating up the other one. Was it minty, fine. too? Was it minty and mango? Or no? no. So the ones we would get would be sour mango. OK, mm. and then it would just be in if you could imagine like, you know, cumin and coriander and all that, all those, you know, kind of aromatic -y, yeah. Indian -y spices, but wet, mm -hmm. oh. you know, like. A, yeah, yeah. So it would be you know, these 
the sour mango pickled with all these spices. And it, I mean, it's just like obnoxious. I mean, it's just like <laughs> you know, you're eating a beef curry, which is like intense. And then you have a condiment that's even more intense. And then another side we would have would be, and I mean, this is just like, Bengali cuisine is very rudimentary. Like there's, I feel like there's more, certainly Indian food has, you know, in the restaurant world it's become more refined. But we would just have like, here's some raw onion, eat that. Uh, here's lime wedge, squeeze the lime all over it. It's just like slap, <laughs> smack in the eye. You know, <laughs> like that's, and I think this is why I'm like, hell yeah. Give me this in your mac and cheese, bitch. Although it is, I always forget that I should have chutneys in that, you know, one or two chutneys. Put it on the list. Just put it on that list. list. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to go find, like, you know, like more ancient scroll. The thing's on a list. It's a scroll. I I almost made a scroll joke earlier. So I'm glad you hit it all in. (laughs) I went for Julia Childs instead, but, you know, whatever. Let's wrap up today's sixth episode. We've made it through six episodes so far. Yes. And um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, any any final thing? Ali had a, a wonderful condiment to zesty his dish up and, and Steve had some good pairings for his uh, obsession with mustard, Colonel Mustard, we're going to call him now. And yeah. uh <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, uh, yes. and you know what? We'll make uh, we'll make this pantry list a uh, Instagram. Yeah, take a picture of it. Fun. Take a picture of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. thank you guys for episode six of ETDT. Eat this, drink that. Peace out. Awesome. Eat this. See you guys. I need a beer.